Welcome to the International Perspective Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Munoz. This is an on-course production where we discuss the success stories, mindsets, and challenges of international students in order to better prepare you in your own journey. Hello, Rahul. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, different parts uh, of your story that will really help students. And so, you know, before diving deep into all of that, uh, could you be so kind as to give us a brief introduction uh, to yourself? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. So thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to talk about um, just uh, my story and also um, reach a lot of people through this podcast. Uh, I guess I, uh, I can relate to other students as well. So, so I'm Rahul. I am from India. I came to the U.S. in 2016. I uh, joined the University of Rochester, uh, and I'm class of 2020. So I just graduated uh, a few months ago, uh, as of today. <laughs> and, uh, and after graduation, I started working at Amazon as a software engineer. And uh, I studied electrical and computer engineering in, uh, you know, when I was in university. So uh, I guess my job is aligned with uh, my degree, but it doesn't always have to be like that, you know. Um, and yeah, I had, I had a very fun time in uh, University of Rochester. I think uh, in terms of international students and diversity, it's one of the best institutions. Um, and, you know, I did a lot of research before coming into into uh, the U.S. And uh, even then I was, I, I you know, I, I knew about universities and colleges, but once I got here and then I saw the campus life and I heard from friends about theirs, um, I realized that actually Rochester is quite a good university uh, in terms of not just academics. It was always good at the academic, that I wasn't concerned with. My main concern was just, uh, you know, the life there and it turned out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm very glad to hear that. And like, what would you say were some of those like... Uh biggest things or biggest takeaways that you got from being at U of R as compared to maybe in, to some other place? Right. So uh, one of the good things about Rochester is the student size. So it has around 6,500 to 7,000 people, right, in undergrad, and mm -hmm. another three to 4,000 in grad. So it's not a small size university, and it's not a completely like large public size university. Yeah. And from what I've heard from, you know, my friends who study at universities, public universities, where they have 30, 40,000 plus students, right? It's difficult to make close connections and friends because you hardly like bump into each other. Uh, you know, you have classes with so many students and first of all, you have so many different classes and uh, finding the same faces, you have to actually make extra effort. You don't run into the same people again. So the probability and, you know, and the chances are just less in general. Right. <laughs> and Rochester, um, like just seeing familiar faces around, uh, you know, from time to time, you know enough people um, to to say hi, to get to know them, and you've seen them enough times in class together, right? You don't have ten different sections of the same class. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so in that aspect, you 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 learn how to make even workshops and TAs, right? So you right. You, you sit with a group of students uh, and. If you had 40, 50,000 people, you wouldn't necessarily get that uh, running into each other aspect and uh, the whole familiarity thing. Uh, so I think in terms of, and this is not, I wouldn't say it's unique to Rochester, but it's unique to 
schools or universities that have a medium-sized student population. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know enough people to uh, to get to know them better, and there's still a, enough group of people you don't know that you can meet newly. So having that balance was really good. Uh, to be honest, um, I think if I was in a university, it, it, it had a big, huge sample size, um, mm-hmm. uh, or like population size. <laughs> it would have been very hard uh, uh, to make good connections, good friends, and um, you know, it's, it, you you you'll definitely make them, uh, you know, but it's just harder. And uh, I'm very glad that the university had this. And second to that was the whole international student acceptance and population. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a big a big aspect of U.S. universities is diversity and international student acceptances. And um, Rochester has a really good mix of. Uh, like people from all over the world, really. They have, so UWC is a group of uh, institutions, high school institutions. Mm-hmm. So they have students coming in from UWCs, they have students coming in from uh, top-notch high schools, country-wise, and they have students coming from equally smart. You know, it doesn't have to be really top-notch from country, but right. so you have this, this amazing mix. Like some people I met, I thought, uh, wow, you know, they're so smart. And oh, and yeah. some people I and some people I I met, you know, they weren't academically the best, but they had achieved so much. I'm like, wow, this is such a good, good mix because you're not only with the academically smart people, you're not only with people who are just uh, like entrepreneurial or people who have volunteered. Um, so that mix was really good, and and I'm so glad that um, I got to be a part of and and make friends from all over the world and even even different states in the U.S. because. Now that I moved to Seattle to the west uh, from the east coast, I can see how different uh, U.S. and di- how diverse the U.S. itself is. Uh, I actually drove here, uh, so I did a, a road trip across the, the U.S. and uh, I literally saw the differences uh, in the in the lifestyle and um, landscape even. So, so you know, country-wise diversity and global diversity, those are really good. Oh yeah, no, I can imagine. And you know, just uh, as my first day when I was going into U of R, and I just went to do Wilco and I saw the the flag lounge with all of those different flags from every country in the world. I was just impressed by it. And then you know, years uh, afterwards, I'm still sort of like meeting people from all over. So you know, that that has also you know my experience been been a great thing. So on this topic, right? Of, you mentioned being able to make close connections with people, right? And you mentioned being able to make friends, you know, also be accepted because of the whole international student situation. Mm-hmm. How has this aspect of like making the, the close connections, the close friendships sort of like helped you um, adapting A, but also sort of like succeeding? Because I know a lot of international students coming to the U.S. or coming to the university and they might not know anyone in the country at all. I mean, I know that was the case for me. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you think? What is your take? Um, so let me just understand the question. Uh, trying to, so, okay, I see. So in terms of succeeding, you know, I don't know for whatever reason, but for some reason, a lot of international students have this innate hunger to just, just <laughs> do the best, you know, maybe it's because they know that they have come here, um, you know, far from their family, far from their friends, often on scholarships and financial aid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
if not the whole scholarship aspect, then just the general lifestyle that they grew up in wants them to achieve more in a way. Right. So, so I, so the friend group I had, and I think most people in general at Rochester, at a university like Rochester, um, people are trying to get something. So I, I actually, you know, this question is a good one to answer because I actually didn't know what, uh, what I want to do. And I knew that I, I have to do well in studies and everybody knows that that's not a, 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 a secret, right? Right. But what then, what after, right? Do well mm-hmm. in studies, but ask what comes after doing well in studies, right? So, uh, and I was okay with that for a while because the whole point of college is to explore. But, but looking at a few of my friends, um, uh, so I had a couple of friends who were very research oriented and mm. this rubbed off onto me um, because I was, you can say a generalist, right? I didn't really have any plan, but right. a lot of them were research oriented and, and and seeing them be so passionate about something, I thought, okay, you know, let me see if I can explore such an opportunity. Right. And, and they were so confident that they'd get it. I, I, you know, <laughs> they'd get research opportunities because somehow they knew about this stuff. And that's okay because they know what they want. And then when you know what you want, you, you literally Google, Google it, you talk to somebody, and then that's it. It's like you, if you want to go to Douglas in, 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 Rochester, in like UFR, you ask, where's Douglas? You don't know it, but you know you want to get there and somebody who has been there will tell you, Mm -hmm. right? But if you just go on campus and you don't know which building to choose, then you're, you know, and then, and then somebody tells you, hey, Douglas has great food. I'm going to go there. And then you, you didn't have an idea, but now you know that, okay, Douglas has great food. Maybe that's something you should try. So, so that's, that's something that rubbed off onto me. Uh, so seeing a couple of my friends, uh, you know, excited about research opportunities and, and that would allow them to see if it's a field they want to pursue in the long term. Mm. Uh, so I, I did, I, I asked them, like I did what they, what they were doing. I, I, I made a list of, you know, areas I want to probably research in. I made a list of um, universities I could apply to. And then, you know, through Google search, through Rochester opportunities as well, because we had like Xerox fellowship and other, and also professors offering research opportunities. For mm-hmm. This is just like a specific example I'm giving. Yeah. Um, so a big, big aspect was rubbing off of other people's, uh, um, you know, desires. Like that's a starting point, I would say. And after that, even in my, the, the internship I, I, I did, um, I didn't know what I want to intern, but I knew that, I had to get an internship to even figure out what, what this is all about, right? Right. Uh, to, to, to put myself out there. Uh, and so I, I saw people who had gotten internships and who, who, who actually knew what they wanted. So I talked to them uh, and, you know, I did what I had to do. I, I changed my resume, uh, applied to positions, you know, just hoping that I'll get something. Uh, so I think that community is so important because there's a saying that you're the average of five people you spend uh, your, your time around. Right. Right. And, you know, I, as much as that's a saying, it, it does apply to a great extent. So, so having that student group who were also very motivated was, I would say the biggest factor in me succeeding personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's great. And so were these people that you sort of like um, slowly were, meeting you know little by little or was there something specific that you that you think you did in order to be able to to meet such a good and positive influential group 
of friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, I missed the question of how I got close to them. So a lot of people I got close to uh, through football, soccer. So I, mm -hmm. I am very, I'm a huge soccer fan, like born and brought up, you could say, in the <laughs> soccer world. <laughs> so I made a lot of friends through soccer. And, and actually the Bloomberg internship I got, um, I mentioned in the article as well mm -hmm. how my my soccer thing led me to get it. Uh, so sport, so soccer was a big aspect of me, me making friends. Uh, almost most of my close friends, you could say, uh, um, in college I made through soccer. And then the other thing, so that's an example. So if you have a big passion, not necessarily academic, uh, like clubs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I made a few friends from outing clubs. That also is I'm really passionate about, like traveling, nature, outdoors. Um, so I was an active member of, of outing club and, and I made really good friends over there because it's just people doing the things you, you like to do and enjoy. So it's not exactly. hard to just connect. Uh, so I guess any university people go, uh, like you go to, the important thing is um, connecting with people with, uh, with things that you like to do. And mm -hmm. then other way was classes uh, and workshops. So um, I made a few friends uh, through like, workshops that I did uh, and so I was also at the TA for a workshop and I made a couple of friends a few of my students like you know the, the students I was TAing uh, mm -hmm. got connected to them so uh, yeah combination of classes clubs and and the other thing would be lastly like the international student group in general because yeah it's like I mean generally people like to group together with with similar interests right mm -hmm. social you can call it social cohesion so international student is also a, a topic of social cohesion. So, you know, international students are likely to interact more with other international students than um, otherwise. So uh, I don't always encourage that, you know, the, the point is to meet people from everywhere. But because of social, you know, human social cohesion tendencies, that's a bubble. So if that's, if you're part of that, you might as well make the best of it, right? So mm -hmm. meeting friends from like international events uh, that we had, like South Asian Expo, for example, or oh, yeah, that's uh, a fun one. You know, yeah, like so many events we had, like African Student Association events, and uh, you know, I had friends from uh, African countries as well who invited me. So just being part of those groups really helps, and yeah. uh, it can get hard to manage time. The idea is like. <laughs> try try you like try one for a semester or and if it really sticks keep that going and if you don't like it as much try because because i tried something else something in my first semester i liked it but i didn't see myself doing it over so i did something else in my following semesters yeah right yeah yeah no and i feel like that's a very important lesson for for everybody right but this aspect of trying out a bunch of different things right and it doesn't have to just be academic as you were mentioning right like with trying out research or trying out these different classes but it could be you know the things that you do more for your person and for your own sake right meeting new people uh going around and doing a bunch of different things uh through social events but then it, it could also be as one of the things that you did it's like having like around uh, seven different part-time jobs at the university <laughs> yeah i forgot to mention that <laughs> my job my job especially my resident job i made some of the best friends <laughs> I come, oh God, I feel so bad. I forgot to mention it. Yeah, I, so yeah, doing part-time jobs also gives you another topic of 
community, right? The people you work with. Uh, uh, so that's another area, just like a club, just like a sport, just like a, a class, right? That's mm -hmm. another area where you know people, where you, you run into them and, and you'll click with a few people and, and then it, it, it happens. You know, you have to, yeah, my, my job at Redner was awesome. Some the people there were absolutely fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah no no that's for sure and, and and that's the aspect right sort of like as you're coming in uh, as an international student you might not know everything that is out there you might not know everyone but yeah. having these little different things that you can get get engaged in can really help you sort of like make that friend group and that network mm -hmm. in the university and also you know eventually outside of the university so that you know you can help each other yeah yeah so you know, on, on this topic, right, like uh, we were mentioning sort of this aspect of of having that that hunger, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, one, one of the things that, that really caught my attention when you were talking about this was, okay, I, I tried out a lot of different things to figure out, like, what, what I wanted to do. Do you feel like now you have a, a little bit of more of an idea, right, after having those internships, after now... Uh, being in the in the job force for a little bit, how how do you feel about uh, that question? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think a lot more choices have been eliminated <laughs> in terms of what I what I wanted. <laughs> um, yeah. So I did uh, uh, I did the research in my sophomore year. The experience was quite good, but uh, I didn't see myself very research oriented because mm. uh, I wasn't that passionate about that that topic or like any particular topic in general to, to do research in. And when I was doing the research, uh, we, were ha we were being advised by PhD students. And one of the PhD mm. students told me, do not, do not like choose a PhD if you aren't actually passionate about it or if you don't see yourself committed to it for the next five years because <laughs> it's, not something, it's not something you, you just, oh, I felt like it, so I did it. Because it requires commitment and it requires, uh, you know, interest and passion. And I, you know, I wasn't sure. Um, so by that way, I, I eliminated that thing. Okay, research is, for now at least, not something uh, I am considering. So my next thing was to do an internship. Now, mm -hmm. like which 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 field, which job, right? Which, like, what area, right? There's so many things going on. So yeah, there are. So I. I, when I was uh, applying, the goal was just to get something, uh, mm -hmm. and, but I found it quite hard. So in a way, um, I was like, okay, I'm open to any opportunity, and then um, I can take it from there. You know, if I don't enjoy it, I'll, I'll build skills and experiences, and then I'll switch. Or um, right. if I enjoy it, then I'll continue to grow and see. So right now, I, so my, the job that I'm doing is software engineer. Uh, I think it's quite good compared to like a lot of other jobs and looking back uh, at uh, like what I thought I would be, I thought I would be more of a, a hardware engineer working with circuits because mm -hmm. uh, that's what I mostly studied, electrical and computer engineering. Right. And, and you know, I did that in my major too and it was fun. It was quite good, but I didn't do a lot of um, software work. And now that mm -hmm. I do that, I see, okay, I, I enjoy this actually more than mm. than what i was i was uh, i did but if you had asked me what field i want to go to when i was in college i would have told you that you know the traditional uh, field that most electrical and computer engineers go to 
so yeah, so software engineering, you know, in a way, you I could say that I enjoy this more than what I thought I would because <laughs> you know I didn't even know what this job is like. But then I know a certain so I did an internship where I did data science internship at Bloomberg actually. So and I quite enjoyed it, but um, it, it it was quite fun because it was in a lot of ways software engineering involved and also it had this element of discovery, you know, trying mm -hmm. to find insights and, and uh, analysis. And I like that a lot. So that is something I might consider doing uh, later because to be, to be in that field, you have to uh, commit again to get a little bit more advanced degree. Mm -hmm. And if not advanced degree, then at least that advanced knowledge that the degree provides. Uh, so yeah, I could explore that. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still exploring within software engineering as well, like which fields, you know, a lot of them are there. So yeah, I would say my choices have definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely been eliminated slowly. And, and, you know, it's like this for everyone. A lot of, very few people actually have it, you know, figured out. Uh, yeah. Most people are just, you know, they're taking the learnings and, and trying to see, you know, what to do from there. And, and that's the process, it's like a process of discovery. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know, absolutely, right? And it's, it's that process of growth as well, right? Because with every experience that you go through, you eventually end up finding more about, you know, what's out there, but also more about yourself. So, yeah. you know, like, I'm, I'm really curious because I know you, you spoke about it. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, who has a, a good set of articles, on a bunch of different topics, uh, you know, varying from his process to get his Bloomberg internship, but also, you know, his job search and all of the work that was involved with that, right? So I'm really curious, like, how did you end up sort of like, like, so, so it's like multiple parts of this question, right? So yeah, the yeah, first yeah. part would be, like, how did you end up like figuring out, like, what are the things that you have to do in order to, mm -hmm. to get what you wanted right in this case it was was a job right and then mm -hmm. the second the second part of that is you end up applying for a hundred and something jobs mm -hmm. and that resilience that goes attached to it right to be able yeah. to overcome all of those challenges right so yeah uh, you know i would be very grateful if you could expand on that definitely definitely um so you know, great question and great questions. And uh, <laughs> the first part, how did I know? Um, so one, it's, you know, in a lot of ways, it, I didn't actually know things, you know, mm -hmm. some things were just uh, restrictions or, or pressure in a way. So like I'm an international student, um, you know, if I don't have, I'm here for four years of study, right? And once that's done, I either, you know, go forward and study or I, get start working or I go back home where mm -hmm. again, I choose to do one of the two things at home work or study. Right. Right. So like personally, I, I didn't really have an option to go back home because I don't, I didn't have a very a future with a lot of growth there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I could not consider that idea. Right. So I, so that eliminated, right. That pressured me. Okay. That is not a viable option right now. The only thing is I have to uh, find an interest and, and get an opportunity here. So what was, what, so starting from there, okay, once I graduate, 
I have two options to continue further studies and to start working. So in a way I couldn't afford like, because also I was in scholarship, I couldn't afford, you know, master's degrees <laughs> to pay for them. So I was like, okay, looks like the best option is uh, to, to find work. Right. And hopefully one that is that I can grow a lot in and that's something I'm interested in. So in a way you see how it eliminated, due to like circumstances and, and everybody's circumstances are different, but a lot of people's are similar, right? So uh, now if I was very interested in a particular topic, I actually would have pursued a master's degree in before finding work. Um, mm -hmm. And I was actually considering it like, okay, you know, getting masters would be good. I would be very highly specialized in, in a field and that would actually make job prospects easier. Um, right. So I was considering that, but so, but I didn't give it much weight. And that was not the best decision at that time. <laughs> I should have tried to job search and also tried to see uh, like which schools have good master's programs along with UFR. Mm -hmm. and, and, I know, and I know UFR gives a discount and stuff. So, so I didn't handle it very well uh, personally, but um, because this elimination thing happened, I was like, okay, I have to find now an opportunity. So I started applying, right? and from what I've from what I've heard, uh, getting an internship is a great way to build experience and and get full time job. Not only mm -hmm. by returning to the same company, but also other companies like to see that experience. So mm -hmm. now at the time at the, at the time of our internship, I hadn't thought about all of this because I was still in my junior year. I just knew that this would boost me in some way. So I was applying and applying and applying, uh, and I also thought this would be a good opportunity for me to make some money in the internship. Uh, and meet some interesting people, uh, and also like, like go to Bloomberg. a new location. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> like Mike Bloomberg. Yeah. So for me, I was looking forward to this whole. In when I was in my junior year looking for internship, I was looking for three things: one, uh, looking to support myself financially; two, looking to have that sort of working lifestyle and see what it's like. You know, where you go to work, uh, and you meet coworkers, you work with them, you, you do something, right? So I wanted that experience really. And third, probably also a change in location because I had spent the last, um, a while in Rochester. So I thought, I was open to returning in Rochester as well, but I thought, you know, why not explore other places? So, right. so a combination of these three things was my motivation behind internship. Uh, along with, you know, I knew that if I get an internship, it'll be easier to return full time. Uh, so that's why I sort of kept applying, 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 applying. Uh, and, you know, I eventually, eventually I got one uh, and for, for full time. Uh, so unfortunately I didn't get a return offer. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh my God, what the hell? Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I reached out to my, to my contacts and recruiters, but they said like for this level, they're not offering um, like entry level jobs. So mm -hmm. we can't really, you know, have an, uh, a return for you. So I was like, I was pretty bummed, but then, and it wasn't, that part was not easy because, mm. you know, I worked hard in junior year. I thought senior year would not, I, I wouldn't have to do all of that over again because, right. you know, I was expecting to return back and Bloomberg's a pretty, pretty, really good company as well, but uh, that didn't happen. So, and, and senior year was quite stressful because I had, I had some personal, like personal problems too, you know, mm. and, uh, and then now I had to decide between pursuing further education, finding a job and focusing on like final year classes and senior design stuff and all of that. 
um, so so yeah, it was it was incredibly stressful. But I I, I had you know the, then again this this pressure came that okay I don't I I can't really go back because I don't have growth over there. Right. So so I have to push, and I have got one year to do as much as I can. Right? I yes. gave myself that time. I said okay. Whatever happened, you know, you didn't get back, you didn't get to return, all that happened. What can you do? I can't do anything about it, right? I can't do anything. Right. All I can do is just, just, and because I knew, I, because I, I did this in my internship in my junior year, there was this feeling in me that I could do it again, or like I could still push more because that experience taught me so much about resilience. I said, okay, you, you had no idea back then. You, you pushed, you pushed, and you got it. Yeah. Now you got it. Now you can do it again. And and I think that experience helped a lot because I just pushed, pushed, pushed in a way. Uh, apply, talk to people. So, yeah, so the, the biggest thing was uh, having that one experience proved to me that I could achieve it again. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, there's no other alternative for me. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like a lot of international students or, you know, students just in general, uh, find themselves in, in that sort of situation as well, right? Where they yeah. say, you know what, I have to keep on pushing because it's either that or nothing, right? Yeah. And, you know, the the situation of that individual student might change and, you know, it may be yeah. more exaggerated for some students than for others, but that's still the case. And, you know, what, one thing that really stood out to me when, you know, when I was reading this article that you wrote was also the the aspect of of saying, of having gratitude, of saying, you know what, this is a privilege to even be applying and to be having the opportunity to go up to all of these companies and saying, hey, you know what, like, I'm someone that's worth hiring. So could you maybe expand a little bit on on, on that idea, that notion of gratitude? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I think... You know, most people in job search, it's it's hard to be patient because you actually want something quick, and mm-hmm. and and I also wanted quite quickly. I was like, I'm not getting anything. What the hell's happening? You know, everyone's everyone is in a way like that, right? Right. And so I'm, I I had decided that I'm gonna push, and and part of that decision was because let's say I do end up, you know, things don't work out. Let's say things don't work out, and mm-hmm. and. Well, what do I, how do I want to feel at that point? So I don't want to feel that if I had tried, I could have gotten it. I, 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 even, if, even, if, um, I, even if things didn't work out, I didn't want that feeling. That was mm-hmm. what I was uncomfortable with. Uh, and I was like, if things don't work out and I gave it my best, then I will, I will accept it. I will accept it as, you know, life has other plans for me and I'm sure I can succeed in, in the next stage. Right. But what I couldn't accept or like what ate me was, the fact that I reached that stage where things didn't work out and my inner voice told me that you could have worked harder, you could have done this, you could have done that, mm-hmm. right? And, and I didn't want, I, I absolutely did not want to hear any of that. So that's what was my motivation was like, okay, if, if anything tells me that if after things don't work out that you could have done this, I'm gonna kill that guy. <laughs> right. so, so, so I didn't want to leave anything. And that was the one thing that, that pushed me right uh, in terms of getting the job and then dude once i once like i i got four jobs right i got four full-time offers and then mm-hmm. after getting that i was like what like there's so much luck involved like what what is going on uh, <laughs> and and 
luck in terms of people helping you out, luck in terms mm -hmm. of you applying at the right time, luck in terms of you saying the right things on that interview day. So much luck. And, and it just made me incredibly humble, the, the fact that, you know, I, I see a lot of people posting on LinkedIn when they get offers, and I understand, right? But I never, I never, so I thought, okay, like, perhaps if I get someday, I'll be, you know, you know, what it would feel like to make such a post, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I never, I never ended up doing that just because once, once I, I got the job, I was like, I don't feel like, oh yeah, I'm great. I just feel like, <laughs> wow, this is so humbling, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and then that, at that point, I realized that I was so lucky in so many ways. I was so lucky that, um, I was studying from a good university in the US. I was mm -hmm. so lucky that um, like I had help on my resume, I had help on all of, a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. and, and then if I had known these things, uh, like now, when I, if I do a job search now, I, I do so with this knowledge in mind, knowing mm -hmm. that like I've had the best, I've had everything I could you know, have. And focusing on that, not, not focusing on, oh, I don't have an internship experience, Oh, I don't have this because I did that. I I, I played down myself, right? Mm, uh, right? But once I got it, I think it was a very humbling experience to realize that I've been so lucky in a lot of ways. And and so whenever I I, I got this and, and it helped me in my job search too. Uh, when when I before I got four offers, I got rejected many times. Like I got rejected mm -hmm. from ten, eleven places, right? Yeah. And and I thought to myself. Yes, and rejections hurt, obviously. But then I thought, would I have chosen to never have the, have the interview or would I have chosen to have the interview and get rejected, right? Right. So, so and the answer is obvious. I think anyone would choose, yeah, obviously have the interview and get rejected versus never even getting the interview, right? Yeah, that's uh, for sure. So, yeah. So, uh, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, try I'm complaining about rejections or like I'm, I'm crying about rejections, but people didn't even get this far. Like people didn't even get an interview, right? How, how are they feeling? Mm -hmm. Like if my pain and if my crying is this much, how are people feeling who don't even like have anything on their resume? Right. Uh, who don't even have, like I had a good GPA, right? So I was like, think about the people who are doing this without a good GPA, without, uh, you know, someone to help them. And, and a lot of those things made me realize that the gratitude and, and just being thankful for whatever you have is really the key, not just like job search or, or in life in general, because you will always, human minds always complain. We always have to, we always have to recenter. We always have to remember that what we have is, is, is good and, and approach from there. Even if it's not good, you know, it, it can always be better for sure. But, but starting from the baseline that, okay, many people don't even have this, right? So, right. so I'm very grateful and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do more. That's very you know, I would say very wise, uh, you know, it, I feel like it really does come from that aspect of experience, right? And having had faced all of that, to then come by and mm -hmm. say, you know, this, this is what I learned. And I feel like a lot of people can really learn from that because, you know, especially for international students, sometimes it can be very daunting to think, hey, you know what, like, nothing's going to work out, uh, what's going to yeah. happen? So I, I thought that so much. I, I thought mm -hmm. that so much. But... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, coming in with this mindset, I feel like it is really helpful for, you know, for students to be able to, 
to really come in and say, you know what, I'm already very fortunate to be doing all of this. So now I'm I'm curious. Uh, you know, you you went in into the into the job force at a very interesting time, right? You graduated in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm wondering, like, how has that experience, you know, been different from what you might have expected? I think I I think I lucked out, man. Like, you know, <laughs> I think I lucked out again. Like, think about it. If I was applying to jobs now, mm-hmm. um, basically this cycle. Uh, I was I was in this situation last year where, you know, I had I had I had been interviewing right. So mm-hmm. if if I was doing that right now, interviewing, applying to jobs, I you know I don't think I would have ended up getting one. Uh, not mm-hmm. because like I I am not confident and stuff. Just because like, opportunities are ten to one right now. Yeah. Um, like and and people who who do full time jobs they have lost their jobs like forget getting a job people who had jobs lost them right, right. <laughs> so i think uh, i lucked out in the sense that i was able to get one before things hit the fan <laughs> and <laughs> and also keep it uh right because let's say if i got one at a company that did layoffs like uber did layoffs airbnb did layoffs right and mm-hmm. and airbnb was like my dream company uh because i am incredibly passionate about traveling i love you know, doing that. And I would have loved to like work for a company that believes in that mission right. in enabling, you know, in enabling travel and enabling cultures to come together. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that would be my ultimate. And if I had an offer from Airbnb versus Amazon or like mm-hmm. any other company, I would have chosen Airbnb. Uh, and, and, mm-hmm. probably, and I know people who got Airbnb offers and they got rescinded. Mm-hmm. So, so think about it, right? Like, right. W- Whatever I wish I had wanted, if I'd gotten that, then I had other repercussions. But, but thankfully, I ended up um, with also another great company, Amazon, right? And mm-hmm. they didn't really do offers, offer rescinding. So you could, you know, I, I, I really, I just think it's a matter of luck. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, you know, sort of by coming in with, with that perspective of saying, you know what, yes, I was very fortunate and, and, be, and for that I'm grateful that it went this way, right? Rather yeah. than wishing for something else to happen, right? Because when you're wishing for something else to have happened, then you're yeah. disregarding whatever you have in that whatever, moment. Whatever, yeah. It's a constant battle. Like, you know, I'm, I'm getting better at it, um, but I think always having the, those reminders is so important to keep your sanity and to, and to just be happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for sure. And... You know, I feel like it's a, it's also a very constant battle between, you know, saying, okay, you know, I'm very grateful for what I have, but then also at the same time saying, you know, how can things be better, right? Or how could things improve or, or develop in the future, right? And in a way, a little yeah. bit of a balancing act because it's like, well, you could be very grateful for things right now and maybe not end up striving for anything, or you could always be striving for something and end up yeah. disregarding the gratefulness, right? So, yeah. I'm curious in two ways, sort of like, you know, how do you balance that? And mm-hmm. also, if you you could maybe speak to what might be some of your, you know, big goals in the future, yeah. right? I know you mentioned Airbnb, for example, right? So is that, is that still on the table for you? Kind, kind of, kind of, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd love to work for a company that 
I'll answer your question, but just this. this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Idiot. Take your time and do it your way. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I was just saying that. Uh, so I, I really believe in environmental sustainability and mm-hmm. uh, and travel and also uh, like soccer and football, right? Uh, so if you know, if I could work for a company where I work in any of these fields, like environment or sustainability uh, or travel, tourism, uh, cultural exchanges or also just soccer related. Um, that's something I'd love to do because mm-hmm. it's in my immediate passion. And, and so Airbnb, yeah, definitely it's, it's, it's something I would, would love to interview for. And, but I will, uh, the, the balance act is, is here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm not there and, and I, and I, but I, I think I have an idea of how to, how to get there. So the balancing act in a way is, if you know, if you're striving for something, that's great because uh, being grateful is good, but being complacent is not. Mm-hmm. And I think keep striving for something. So the, 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 when you keep striving for something, you're pushing yourself. But when you don't get it, um, you don't complain. Mm-hmm. You, you realize that I tried. Um, I didn't get it. I'm, I'm grateful for whatever I have. I'll try again. So, so the baseline is that, is that whether you get it or not, you're, you're happy to like, uh, live with what you have or you're satisfied and, and grateful for what you have, but you're, you're okay with pushing for more. In fact, you constantly try to push for more, mm-hmm. but if you don't get it, you, that's okay. You know? Right. That's okay in the sense that you're like, ah, whoa, I didn't get it. What is this? You know, I'm, I'm you know, not, not that mindset. So, right. so yeah. And, and I, I had been complacent before in life and it didn't end up well, where I was like, okay, I reached the next stage now, you know, I'm happy with everything. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't push myself and I, I almost, I almost like ended up in a very bad position. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of not trying, not trying to work hard or not trying to continue to develop myself. Right. Yeah. So now I'm with the mindset that uh, what I have is good or, you know, better than most people will have. And, and I'm thankful for that. But I obviously, I, you know, try to be goal oriented where I write down stuff or I, where I see myself and try to aim for that. And right. if I don't get it, uh, I try again or, you know, try change my goals <laughs> <laughs> right and learn from from those uh from those moments where you know you didn't achieve, achieve that thing well now you can go ahead and say what part didn't work and how can i improve on that right and keep on growing keep on developing yeah that's right yeah yeah and it's like that is that aspect of of growth and and really as you were saying also resilience right and yeah and saying you know what <laughs> after applying to a hundred and something jobs you know there's nothing that can stop me <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 really builds you, and you know, Haitham, uh, since you know him, mm-hmm. and since other people might also know him here, um, he is a big follower of this channel called Yes Theory, which mm-hmm. promotes something called seek discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I have watched the channel also, but in general, the whole idea of seek discomfort is is really fundamental because growth happens when you're challenged, when you are when you are forced in a way. To, to do something you're not used to. Because otherwise, you, you know, every, everybody likes to stick, uh, stick close to what they're comfortable with. Even 
it, it comes down to even atoms and molecules. Like even right. those those like guys, let's say atoms and molecules, they like to achieve a stable energy state. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, that's the whole point of, of energy reactions. They want a stable state. They want mm -hmm. com you know something that's comfortable, nice. So in a way, you could say we are our molecular being uh, and our atomic being. So our mm -hmm. core being always wants to be just stable, comfortable, which is why exercise feels tough, right? Because you're you're, right. you're you're pushing yourself. But but eating something does not feel tough because it promotes being comfort comfortable, right. right? Sitting sitting promotes being comfortable, but even standing up doesn't. So mm -hmm. the whole uh, so you know if you're if you are doing things you already know or not really challenging yourself, then it's it's hard to grow. So my one of the biggest things I have learned so far uh, in the last few months, like not, also after like getting to know the channel and also just reading things getting is that really you seek, seeking discomfort is is a way to grow um mm -hmm. not in a, like not in a damaging way discomfort mm -hmm. as in not like go sleep outside for a week although <laughs> if you do that you know you will learn so many things about surviving so right. just an idea i'm giving an example yeah, so seeking discomfort is is a good rule to follow regularly <laughs> right if you had to put it in, in a professional way, seeking challenges. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sort of like um, having one, one foot on the side of order and one foot on the side of chaos, you know, sort of like, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, really yeah, pushing, yeah. pushing what that boundary is. And you yeah. know, sometimes you might go a little bit too much on one side. Sometimes you might go, you know, yeah. a bit too much on the other side. Right. And, and it's that balance and, you know, sort of like going forth and pushing that boundary that, that also helps grow. So I'm curious, like, how do you challenge yourself now? How do I challenge? Um, yeah. Great question. So, so to be honest, uh, the job here that I'm doing is, is, uh, it's a little challenging for me right now mm -hmm. because um, I'm not used to some of these concepts. Right? right. And, you know, like a lot of people, I also have this imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Or at least I've been having it for a little bit right now. Right. Um, so I dialed down my mindset. I said, okay, I can't do anything about what I don't know. Like in terms of, I should have known, I should have known, I can't do anything. What I can do is, is study, it, study it and try to apply it and learn, right? right? So that's how I'm pushing myself right now. Like I can't control the outcome. You know, maybe the people I work with will be happy with my work. Maybe they won't. I, I, I can't control. But what I can do is study, learn, ask them questions, do as much as I can. Right. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's all you have, you know, control is not within our hands, but choice is. So, so that the choice aspect, mm -hmm. whatever I, the choice is in my hands. And then I try to focus on my choices. And right. so not, so yeah, I gave the example of work, but not just, so if I, if I look at the bigger picture, like I try to reevaluate like what I, where I want to go or what I want to do. Uh, mm -hmm. So, one thing would definitely be to become really good at my job so that right. like I'm performing at a level where people are happy. I'm pushing like my work is being contributed to the community. And, and also if I, if I, if I want to look at elsewhere, I would have a specific set of skills that mm -hmm. any, that would be in demand. So, so having to be in that position requires me to continuously improve. Um, learn the new stuff, you know, spend weekends, not, you know, spend some weekends doing things I enjoy, but also some weekends trying to 
learn things that I didn't know. Right. So, so yeah. Um, generally, the, the 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 one goal right now I have, which is to really become good at at my job, or become good in this in this field. Uh, right. So things like so I'm doing so I'm trying to do that by learning like taking a couple of online classes, uh, courses, and and looking up stuff up on YouTube. I I got a book also about um, uh, some data intensive applications. Uh, just related to my field, yeah. So right, that's one goal I'm trying to push forward to. Yeah, that's yeah, certainly one way to to mentally challenge yourself and sort of like uh, try and keep keep on pushing that boundary forward. That's very good. Mm-hmm. And you know, also earlier when you were uh, when you were mentioning you know yes theory and also this aspect of challenging yourself or exercise and stuff like that, that also really made me think of um, I don't know if you know him uh, this guy called david goggins and mm, sort of like I think I've heard of him. yeah so, so the guy is huh? he the guy who 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 is called the the man something he's called the something he's the, i think they call the, him the world toughest man the world's toughest man exactly that guy yes. he ran a marathon something like that yeah yeah well, well not not more not just one marathon like, uh, uh, yeah. marathons and uh Iron Man yeah. and yeah a bunch of other things yeah 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 and so yeah. it's it's also sort of like it also follows on along with that idea, right? Like this aspect of, you know, it doesn't have to be a physical challenge, but you know, it could also be a, a cognitive challenge, which is yeah, yeah. pushing yourself to become really good at something, right? Through that yeah. dedication, through that expertise and through putting in the time, pushing through that discomfort of saying, hey, like maybe I don't know this or maybe I'm not so good at this, but you can become it, right? And by mm-hmm. putting in the time and showing up, you can achieve mm-hmm. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's a really great message that that I you know that I think that you're that you're giving to people. I'm you know just before we wrap up, I'm really curious if you would have any sort of um, of words uh, that you would you know either tell yourself uh, from four years ago, or um, if. Uh, student was showing up to you and, and asking you uh, asking you questions asking you for advice uh, perhaps as a student that's just starting out in the in university mm-hmm. what would be some of those words uh, that you would give them right yeah uh, so I think life has a way of uh, teaching you things that you need to know <laughs> uh, I don't think uh, like the stuff yeah sure a few things would, that I would definitely say is uh, long-term delayed gratification. It's, this one is very important. Uh, mm-hmm. Like not expecting things to happen soon because they won't. Things take right. time, really. And, and you know, I, I always was impatient. You know, I expected things quickly. Uh, you know, I, I gave up if, if things didn't happen. And... So this, I would really advise people to, to, if, if you want, like if, if they're going after something, mm-hmm. then go at it for a while because go at it with the long term in mind without expecting short term gains, because really those, those are the biggest things that matter. And uh, a second thing would be is, it's like we all have choices, you know, we all have choices. Uh, sometimes with certain restrictions, sometimes, you know, very open, 
whatever we can do. Uh, realizing that doing things what within our control is the only thing that matters. And this keeps us from worrying about like, oh, what will happen? What if, what if, what if, right? Uh, so yeah, I would say focusing on long-term goals and, and trying to, to control your choices. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, those are some really good words of, uh, of wisdom and experience. And you know, I'm really grateful for you having uh, this time with us tonight. And uh, thank you very much. I hope that you have a nice day. Yeah, thanks. One thing uh, that actually just uh, popped up was uh, like the whole idea of gratitude since we were talking, like helping other people and and. Like, and this is not to students in particular, this is to like anyone from my experience. Right. And I also, uh, I'm so glad I, you know, I saw this personally that um, helping others is, is so important and then being kind to them. And just, it's, it's hard to, to do that um, when people are worried themselves, but, but this, the whole karma and the whole universe has a special way of, of, <laughs> Uh, circling things back, you know, like life is a circle. So spreading, like help, spreading grateful energy is, is along with the, the stuff I mentioned earlier is, is really good. Yes, I, I would cool. totally agree with yeah. that. That is, I mean, just, just as you were mentioning, you know, that, that is something that I, I really personally resonate with. Uh, I don't know, for, for me, it just has been one of my, I guess, guiding principles, even though at the beginning, I really didn't know that that what it, that's what it was. So I thank you also for for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I feel like sometimes you know people people don't uh, don't realize that you know if you you do good stuff, good stuff will also happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the the good good lesson to learn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. So I feel like that's a great uh, ending note right there. Thank you very much. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for uh, having me and uh, I wish you all the best with uh, future podcasters. And with that, we conclude this week's episode of the International Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Munoz, and I hope you had a wonderful time. Feel free to share this episode on social media. Find us on social media at Career Cork, and I wish you all the very best in your journey.